0: Well, I want to welcome you, if you're joining us for the first time, you've never been here before, we want to welcome you to Christian Ministries. If you've been looking for a church and you've just been asking God, okay, God, you know, what's, what's the next step? What do you have for me, for my family? I just want you to know you're in the right place. This is exactly where you need to be. And I know the message today is going to speak to your hearts and so i want to welcome all of those that are joining us by live stream or listening by podcast also the title of my message today is winning the war winning the war specifically the war in your mind and that's what i want to kind of pinpoint on and focus a little bit on in our time together you know every day we battle thoughts that try to detour us off of god's best path for our lives and, and I, I really think this message is timely, especially in light of all that we have going on in our world today. Man, we, we got a lot happening. Um, our world needs God. Our world needs the Lord in a, in a really, really serious way. I mean, wars and the, the shooting that just happened this past week. Man, what a tragic thing that we see Uh, happen in texas and we have been praying for them and continue to ask you guys to be praying for them but you know the the pandemic that swept our nation for the last two years the 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 anti-god culture that's trying to sweep our nation um, the liberalism that's trying to take hold um, we need jesus amen we we need the lord to move in a powerful way and god is moving God is moving across our world. You know, we see revival happening in pockets of our country and awesome things taking place. But I think that's because there are people that are going to battle. You know, they're going to battle. They're fighting back against the darkness that's trying to overcome our country. And, and you know, and along with the things that are happening in culture, we just have our own personal lives that... We can be attacked in whether it be sickness or offense or um, wrongs done to our, us hurts uh, life tragedies financial pressure that we all face uh, fears of the future anxiety a lack of peace these these things uh, happen to all of us and, and it can even cause people who are strong in their faith to feel overwhelmed and so that's why i think this message that i'm going to deliver to you this morning is so timely and so important. Now, the good news is, is God has promised us that he has given us everything that we need to live a life of godliness. As a matter of fact, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need. Say that with me. Everything we need. Say it again. Everything we When God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. It says, we've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And Jesus, our Savior, he even set us up for these uh, battles that we would face. And, and Jesus also made us aware of our adversary. In John ten ten, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. So in other words, okay, you're my disciples. I'm going to make you aware there's a thief, there's an enemy, there's an adversary. His job is to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have a life and that you might live it to its fullest. Or some translations say abundant. I've come to give you life, abundant life. Now, one thing that I've found to be true over and over again in my life, church, when things seem bad, these are the opportunities and the moments that God invites us to partner with him and grow and be transformed. We have that we have that option here in those moments. And I really believe that God is concerned about our struggles. Don't get me wrong. I really believe God is concerned about our struggles. You know, I, there's a lot of great scriptures in the Bible that speak to um, need in our life when we face hard things and difficult things. And, and I never want to make light or come across that I'm making light of that. One of my favorite scriptures is Um, that God is our ever-present help in time of need. And, you know, that, that speaks to me in a real personal way because, you know, God's not this God that's out here in the nebula somewhere, but the scripture says God is Emmanuel. He is near us. He is with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's with us each and every day. But God will always see past our lack, and God will always see past our pain that we're experiencing in the moment of a struggle, and He will speak to the person that we are becoming. I'm going to say that again, because that was really, really good. God will always see past our lack, God will always see past our pain, and He will speak to the person that we are becoming becoming. See, God is calling us to develop our spiritual lives. In other words, Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to live in fear and failure and shame. Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could live a life of overcoming, because he is the great overcomer, amen, and we're following in his footsteps in embracing what he accomplished. But here's an important truth that you have to understand, and, and I really want to make sure that you get a hold of this. You, you can't live a fulfilled and winning life if you're not taking your life seriously. Now, I want to develop this thought just a little bit because I think sometimes, you know, we go through battles and we face hard things and have cert- one circumstance after the next And we get worn down by the enemy. And what can happen is, as a result of that, a spiritual laxness can come over our lives. And we stop taking the fight seriously. Or you understand what I'm saying? Living a spiritually authentic life is your responsibility and your responsibility alone your pastor can't do that for you your your youth pastor can't do that for you as awesome as josh is he can't do that for you right your parents can't do that for you no one can do that for you nobody can preach pray or talk enough into your life to move you out of apathy or a mindset of defeat that has to be a decision that you make for yourself, and I've watched it, I've encouraged people, and I think it's important that we encourage people. That's what the body of Christ is all about. So we speak words of faith over people, and we encourage people, and we pray the word over people, and, you know, we do everything that we can to help people, but you can't make that happen for them. Only that individual can make that happen for themselves. So some of you may be struggling and that's normal. That, that's part of the Christian life, okay? That doesn't mean, if you're struggling, that doesn't mean that you're less of a Christian than someone else. If, if you're fighting uh, the good fight of faith, then that's what you're supposed to be doing, Fighting the good fight of faith, that's what the scripture has called us to do. So that that's normal. But, but some of us may be handing the win over to the devil because we're not taking up the authority that we've been given in Christ because we've become weary in the battle and, and the devil's goal is to cause you to loosen your grip Of the things that you're holding on to and believing God for in your life or for your family or for your loved ones or for your friends can I have an amen so you can't cater to spiritual laziness in your life ask yourself are you living in defeat because you aren't doing everything that you know you should be doing see I get it there are all times that we feel defeated But we can't just hand it over to the enemy. See, and once again, Jesus warned us. He set set us up. You've got an adversary. It's the devil from the very beginning. His goal is, help me, kill, steal, come on. That's his job. But I have come that you might have life. So how do we sustain the life that we've been promised? How How do we prepare ourselves for spiritual battles? Well, one thing that I'm convinced of is, is having an authentic and active relationship with the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital if you're going to win. You just You can't win if you don't have an authentic and actively I'm talking daily. I'm not talking about, you know God's the fireman, and you call him to put out a fire for you that's going on in your life this month, and, okay, God, if I need you, I'll get back with you again in another month or two. No, I'm talking about having a daily interaction with the Holy Spirit in your life. I think that is absolutely vital. It's impossible for you to be alive on the inside without the help of the Holy Spirit. We need Him every single day. And and I mentioned at the beginning of this message all the negative things that we're surrounded by uh, in our world today. And and, and one thing that I personally have to do, and I'm just going to share this just from a personal uh, standpoint of of fighting in faith, and maybe you are kind of like me, but one thing that I have to be careful not to do is become so preoccupied with the battle itself that I lose sight of the purpose and the promise at the end. Are you hearing me? Because I think it's really easy to get so focused on the fight or what we're going through that we lose sight of the purpose. Okay, because there's, you know, the, the awesome thing about God, nothing's meaningless or purposeless in God's kingdom. So Romans 8, 28 says, for we know. Everybody say, I know. Say it again. For we know, we know, we know. See, sometimes you have to remind yourself. You have to have a little conversation with yourself, right? I know that God causes all things to work together for me because I am called according to his purpose, Right? I love him. I, I'm living my life for him. So I have this promise, even in the midst of whatever the battle is that I'm facing, that I know God causes all things to work together for my good, ultimately for my good. Now, what I'm walking through, does it feel good? No. What I'm battling, is it pleasant? No. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. But see, if the battle becomes our focus, who wants to fight just for the sake of fighting? I don't want to fight just for the sake of fighting. If if I'm just living my life as a Christian for the sake of fighting, then I just want to close the door on my spiritual life and pull the covers over my head. You hear what I'm saying? That's just not my focus. But see, when when we focus on our calling, now let's think about this for a minute. The lives that God uses us to empower. So we just played on this screen up here. All of our young people that just graduated out of our academy. And, you know, that's a handful of them. I I believe they were at Josh and Sarah's house, and they were having their final youth group and graduating those seniors out of youth group into our young adults. And then all of our young people that have come through uh, Leaders Academy, and all of our young people that go to a lot of different schools and a lot of different ministries, okay? So think about... The changes that happened in their life. Think about your involvement in helping that happen. Whether you taught them, or you were directly involved with them, or you blessed them financially, or you paid your tithe and offering to help assist and support the vision of what we're doing here in our ministry. See, when we think about how God is using us to empower, to equip to help, to encourage people, whether it be our own church family here, people that you speak into their lives and you bless them or things that you do for them, maybe your family members that you've helped, maybe a coworker, maybe just those, I mean, think about it, just those divine appointments of people that we encounter every single day. See, our spirit gets infused with strength when we look at that. See, that's what you have to look at. See, you have to look at the purpose and the promise. You have to look at the end result of the battle and the efforts. Because if you don't, what can easily happen is when you're in the middle of the battle, you get battle fatigue because you've been waging war. And what happens in battle fatigue is you you get tunnel vision and you lose sight of what all is going on around you and you're just locked in. Does that make sense? And so when we keep our eyes trained on these things, that's how we walk in victory. And that's why the scripture says, let your mind dwell on these things. Whatever is good and lovely and honorable and godly and holy and pure, let your mind dwell on these things. See, I've discovered the sweetest victories in life are often at the end of some of my greatest victories struggles some of the some of the the most spiritual growth that i have ever had comes on the tail end of some of the biggest fights spiritually that i've ever had the scripture exhorts us in galatians chapter 6 and this is one of my favorite scriptures in the bible galatians 6 verse 9 and 10 it says let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, or some translations say, in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of faith. Now, let's just think about that a minute. Don't grow weary In well doing. For at the proper time or in due season, you will reap. And you know, you think about due season. When 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 is due season? When is the proper time? Well, we don't get to pick what that time is. Sometimes we don't even know what that time is. But I am convinced that many people's due season and many people's proper time comes the day after they give up. And you just can't simply give up. You can't just listen, I I get it. If if I get beat up, if I get beat up because I'm fighting, that's one thing. But if I get beat up because I just hand it over to the enemy, then that's something altogether different. The Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. You know, I'm really convinced, church, that success is a filter by which we see life, not a destination. And I think a lot of people look at success as when I arrive at this point, when my family arrives at this point, when you know I'm at this certain place financially, or my business arrives at this certain place, and obviously we all have those goals and we want those things to happen and they're always wonderful when they do. But I I, I think success has more to do with how you see life than arriving at certain moments in life. Remember, you have an enemy. The devil, he is literally your enemy. He's out for blood. He hates you. He wants to destroy your life. That is his goal. You have to be aware that you have an enemy in your life. See, you can't defeat what you don't understand. You can't defeat what you aren't aware of. And and, and so once again, not that I'm calling attention to the devil... But at the same time, I think it's important as believers that we recognize that we do have a spiritual enemy, and he does attack us. There, he wants to wear down our faith. He wants to rob us of all the good things that God has for us in our lives. Ephesians 6.12, and I like this translation. Now, this is the, the uh, chapter that talks about spiritual warfare, and it talks about the armor of God that we're supposed to take up, Right. But, but listen to this translation. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all of the armor of God that provides you so that you are protected from the confrontations of the enemy for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. And so we have to take on that armor, right? So the the shield of faith, right? The breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, the sword of the spirit. So we have to take on the the helmet of salvation. We take on the the instruments and the, the weapons that we've been given to fight the enemy off of our lives, off of our families. Have you been growing in faith? Well, get ready. He's coming after your faith. You just know that. that that's what the devil does. Are you experiencing more peace? Well, get ready. The devil's going to come and try to steal your peace. See, our enemy is not content to sit on the sidelines and allow us to prosper in the things that God wants us to prosper in. His job is to help me kill, steal, and... See, this is what he's out to do in our lives. See, the devil wants to convince you that prayer doesn't work anymore. That's right. He wants to convince you that prayer doesn't work anymore. He wants to convince you that God isn't able or powerful enough to overcome the situation that you're facing in your life right at this moment. See, the devil wants to convince us of that. But here's an important truth. He cannot steal your peace and he cannot steal your joy unless you allow it. Unless you allow it. He doesn't have the authority or the power to take that from you. Only you have the authority and power to give that to him. See, Jesus warned us that many things in this world will try to shake us. And sometimes this shaking can be so intense in our lives that we may be tempted to let go of what we're holding on to. That would ultimately be the devil's goal in your life. But I I want to encourage you. No, I, I want to provoke you, literally. I want to provoke our church in this sense. Do not let the devil come into your life and shake you in such a way that you lose sight of what Christ has done in you, what Christ is has done for you, and what Christ is ultimately going to do for you. Because that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to get our attention focused on the current battle that we're in instead of putting our attention on whatever's good, honorable, holy, lovely, Pure, godly, right? John 14, verse 25, Jesus, he's talking to his disciples. And he says this to them. He says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything that I told you. I'm leaving you with a gift. Now look at this. We're given a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Here's the gift peace of mind, peace of heart. Peace of mind, peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So Jesus says, Look, I'm leaving, guys. But I'm going to send the Advocate. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He sent him. He's here. He's with us. He is our helper. He is our equipper. He is our empower in our lives. And he gave us a gift, and that gift is so awesome because Jesus said that that gift is peace of mind and peace of heart. Now, listen, church. God didn't call you, save you, and set you apart for you to live defeated. Absolutely not. And if you're here today, or if you're listening by podcast, and you're in, you are in a place of struggle, that's normal. But if you are in a place of defeat, then God wants to bring you out of a place of defeat. God did not birth you into this world for you to live a defeated life god birthed you into this world to be more than a conqueror to be an overcomer to be a devil whooper and to change the world that's what god did now god's making us strong that's his goal and and, you know listen there are times in life where you know we pray and something supernatural happens right? A miracle takes place. How many have had a miracle happen in your life? I've had miracles literally happen in my life. But you know what? Miracles and supernatural events, they don't happen every day. That's why they're called supernatural. They're not natural natural. Natural natural is just everyday life. Supernatural is something outside of the realm of the natural. It's supernatural. Miracles are called miracles because it's a miracle. It's not something that happens every single day. And so God has called us to live a life of peace, peace of mind and peace of heart. And that peace is not external. That peace is not circumstantial. That peace is a peace that he gives us that the world cannot take from us. Now, like I said, there are moments where God moves, God works supernatural things, God works miracles in our lives, but at the same time, I think a lot of life is just being obedient and faithful in what God has called us to be obedient and faithful in today even when we don't feel like being obedient and faithful in what God has called us to be obedient and faithful in. Can I have an amen? Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in you. Now, one area that I want to encourage you in as we're talking about winning this battle winning this war and i think it's a mistake that a lot of people can make i know i've done it in my own life and that's making comparisons and i really want to talk about this for a few minutes because i think we're all tempted to fall victim to making comparisons we we compare our life to people around us especially when we're under attack, or especially when we're going through difficult seasons. You know, someone else gets married before we do. Someone else gets the new car and we're still driving the old clunker. A friend gets offered a position that we were more qualified for or we wished that we had. An opportunity that we had been praying about was literally dropped in somebody else's lap. You know, we can look at other people's families, and man, it seems like everything's going great for them, and yet here we are in our family, we are struggling, and we feel like we are under attack. But the fact is, church, a lot of life is like this for everyone. It's not just you. It's not just you. And that's why it's so important, and the scripture really exhorts us, it says, do not compare yourselves one to another everybody is in a different place and everybody has a different calling and everyone has a different mission and just because you haven't gotten the breakthrough that you've been praying for yet it doesn't mean that it isn't going to happen you know if god were to answer every prayer that we prayed the moment that we prayed it how strong would we be what kind of warriors would we be You know that's the danger you know whether it be in sports or in the military you know you get some easy wins it makes you soft and then when the real hard battles come you're not prepared for them because your roots haven't been developed and they don't go deep my point is this we only get distracted and feel cheated when we look at other people and we make comparisons with their life and our life. And I want to encourage our church, don't let the devil make you a victim to that. Don't do it. Comparisons will drain you of your strength, and comparisons will drain you of your resilience. They will, they will get you beat down. Miracles and supernatural events, they happen, but, but you know... Once again, it's, it's the daily putting in the hard work, staying faithful, and trusting God. You know, I've often said that, that breakthroughs, and, and obviously we all like breakthroughs. We all want breakthroughs in our life. Th- those are wonderful moments when they happen. But I've often said that breakthroughs are a result of doing the right thing over and over again over a long period of time. I've watched a lot of people come into breakthrough by doing that right there. So most of life and the victories of life can be traced to a whole lot of hustle and a whole lot of resolve. Just doing what you know you need to be doing when you need to be doing it. See, most victories that I've experienced in life were were a result of fighting the good fight of faith. Right? You fight the good fight of faith. I get the victory over my attitude by by fighting the good fight of faith. I overcome doubt, I overcome anxiety, I overcome fear, I overcome a lack of peace by fighting the good fight of faith against the enemy in my life. And you know, I, I think a lot of Christians think fighting spiritual warfare is a powerful prayer meeting or killer worship set or a fiery preacher standing up preaching the word and encouraging you. And, and I'm not saying that those things aren't part of it. They are. We do those things here. We support those things here. I think they're good. But I think most cases, the fight is simply doing what God has put in front of you and walking in obedience in the every day-to-day lives. I, think, I, I really think that's true. I believe God isn't as concerned with what we do as he is with how we do what we do. Because God is working on the inside of us. God is perfecting his son Jesus in our hearts. You know, resilience is, I think, such an important thing. Resilience. I think resilience is one of the primary weapons that we have in our arsenal to beat the enemy. Resilience. I don't know if you've ever looked up that word in the dictionary, resilience. It's pretty interesting. Google it this week. Just look at it. But I'm going to tell you, I won't, I won't leave you out. <laughs> resilience means the power or ability to return to its original form. Now, I started meditating on that a little bit. <clears throat> the power or ability... To return to its original form because see when we experience hardships and trials and attacks and tests we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us the ability to return to our original form see life wants to change us the enemy wants to break us down He wants to make us look different than how God describes us in his word. You are my child. You're a king's kid. You're a conqueror. You're an overcomer. You're a giant whooper. See, he wants to change us through the struggles and the tests and the attacks and the trials and the heartaches. And he wants to make us into somebody that doesn't look anything like God describes us in His word. That's why I said I believe resilience is such a powerful spiritual weapon in our life, because the Holy Spirit will remind you of who you are in Christ, especially when you're in the middle of a fight. The Holy Spirit inside of you. That's the best way to defeat the enemy and win the war is make sure that you keep yourself resilient, and you're always returning back to that original form after the battle. Don't let the enemy come and change you. Y'all heard the, the saying, you know, when life gives you lemons, make what? Lemonade. You know, life can make you bitter, or it can make you better. It's your choice. It's your choice. You can spend your days focusing on what you don't have and what you wished you had, or you can spend your days focusing on faith, trusting God, and speaking His Word out of your mouth. We call it prophesying over our future, right? We prophesy over our future. We speak the Word out of our mouths over our situations. And the, and the, the thing that is so difficult, and Josh talked about this Wednesday in our parable series, um, he talked about how we've got all this... Negativity floating around in the air right now. I don't, y'all have sensed it. There's a lot of negativity floating around right now. It's, it's an assignment of the enemy. Because what he wants to do is he wants to get God's people talking all that negativity, giving mouth to mouth resuscitation to all that negativity, feeding that negativity instead of taking up the mantle that we've been given. And instead of using words to describe our situation, use God's Word to change our situation. See, we speak prophetically. We declare the Word over our families. We declare the Word over our kids. We declare the Word over our jobs. We declare the Word over our country, over our world. See, we're making those declarations. Now, our efforts are worthy Not because our situation is perfect. You you may be here today and your situation is far from perfect. As a matter of fact, you may be listening to our podcast or watching by live stream or sitting here with us live in this audience today and you are in a tough spot. You are facing some really difficult circumstances in your life right now, but I want you to know your efforts are worthy not because your situation is perfect or because all of your prayers have been answered, because all of my prayers haven't been answered. I'm still praying. Here's why they're worthy. You choose to show up. You choose to show up. See, we live our lives and we overcome because we show up. See, Jesus is the one who empowers us to, come on, show up. That's what we do. Now, I'm not sure what battle that you're facing right now. You know, you may be in a season where things are going pretty good, and that's great. I'm happy for you, and that's wonderful. And we're all thankful, amen, when we have those moments of reprieve. Because not all of life is a fight. Not all of life is a battle. We we get reprieves, just like we don't constantly battle in the natural. I mean, there's there's times of peace, and but then there's times of war. But here's what I what I do know. If you are in a battle right now, and if you are facing some very hard things right now, here's what I want to encourage you not to do. Do not, do not, fall into the trap that the devil has set for you, and that is wallowing in self-pity. Yeah. Now, this can come across as not being sensitive or being insensitive. And that's not what I want to do. I'm not making light of your situation. As a matter of fact, I, I, you know, I understand battles. I understand struggles. I've had many myself. But wallowing in self-pity and becoming bitter and resentful over the unfair hand that you felt like that you've been dealt in the situation that you're in right now is not going to move you into the desired place of victory that God wants you to be in. It won't move you there. Now, your flesh likes it because... It's the flesh. And the Bible says, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? It's weak, right? That's why God's given us the Holy Spirit. But here's what self pity will do to you self pity will imprison you. It will imprison you. It is a trap that the devil has laid. And I want to encourage you. Don't step into his trap. Don't do it by making comparisons to other people. And don't let the devil make you a victim. You are not a victim. You are a victor. It is so important that you understand and you take that position every single day. I will not be labeled a victim. I am a victor. Come on, help me, church. I will not be labeled a victim. I'm a victor. See, that's what God has called us to live in. You know, I think about Jesus when he um, encountered the man at the pool of Bethesda. We're all familiar with the story. There was a man there who had been there for many, many years, lying at the pool. He was lame. He couldn't walk. I don't know how many, you know, terrible moments this man had had in his mind fighting self-pity and feeling sorry for himself and you know he even said well I, I try to get to the water and you know when it's bubbling because you know it's kind of a folklore that when the water bubbled the angels were stirring the water and you know if you got in it you'd get healed and you know that wasn't really true but that was kind of what people believe, you know, it's kind of like here in Hot Springs, you know, with a water that we have here, you know, it's, I'm not saying it in good water, but as far as like working a miracle for you and healing you, you know, we know who our source is, and so this guy, he's there, and he's been there for a very long, long time, and, and, you know, God in his goodness appeared to him, and his miracle moment Presented itself to him. But but I I still can't help but think about all of the, the wasted years that he spent there lying and wallowing in self-pity. You know, even though maybe he was lame, there was still something that he could contribute. There was still something that his life had to offer to his people, to his community, even though he was, he was lame. And, and Jesus asked this man, he said, do you want to get well? And the, and the guy, you know, gave Jesus the reason why he couldn't get well. Well, I, I can't get well because you know every time i try to get to the water somebody gets there in front of me and that's why i'm in the condition that i'm in and so jesus asked the man do you want to get well and and really what jesus was asking the guy is do you want to get your power back do you want to get your power back do you want to get your life back See, are you ready to stop wallowing in defeat and being distracted by comparisons and get your power back and become who I created you to be? Are you ready to be powerful? Are you ready to be whole? And he had to ask him this question because the fact of the matter is, when you wallow in self-pity long enough and you make comparisons long enough, you kind of... Get stuck in that place. And, and I don't know, maybe you're here today, or maybe you're listening by live stream or by podcast, and what I'm saying to you is speaking directly into your life, because I really feel like God has a mission for some people here that are listening. And I think he's asking you the same question, are you ready to be powerful again? Maybe whatever it was that you were holding on to and you were fighting for, you got battle-weary. And there's such a thing as becoming battle-weary. You got battle-weary, and you let go of that promise. You let go of that dream. You let go of that hope. And you've allowed this thing to overtake you in your life. And as I end my time here, my question to you is, are you ready to be powerful again? Are you ready to be whole again this man used every excuse in the book but his excuses weren't healing him and your excuses won't heal you and sometimes it's really hard to speak truth to people who are hurting but you have to speak truth because love is a great thing it's an awesome thing it's the most powerful force in the world the scripture says that love covers a multitude of sin but church, you've got to know, love never set anybody free. It's the truth. Knowing the truth is what will make you free. That's what will make you free. This man never took personal responsibility. And that's why he was laying there in the condition that he was in. And Jesus offered him a moment to be powerful again. But, but here's the thing that I want you to see. Jesus didn't go over to the man and help him up. Jesus didn't roll up his mat for him. And Jesus didn't grab him by the arm and begin to walk away holding him up as he walked away from that pool. That's not what happened. Here's what Jesus did. You want your power back, bro? You want your life back? You want to be whole? Get up. Get up. Get up out of that place that you have allowed the devil to lie to you and to deceive you and to cause you to get stuck in. Get up and walk into the life that I have for you. See, you have to move out of shame to walk into purity. And God wants us walking in purity. But we have to partner with God. We have to hear His words and respond to His truth. You've got to move out of fear to walk in courage. You've got to move out of anxiety to walk in. In peace, you have to move out of unbelief to walk in faith. Come on, you got to move out of it, you've got to move out of a lie to experience the freedom that God wants you to experience in your life. And I want our church to know, and everyone listening, your circumstances don't define you, they will try, they will try. Your circumstances will try to define you. They will do everything they can to twist you and change you and cause you to look like something God never intended you to be. But God gave you the Holy Spirit. Come on. And God gave us the power of resilience. Come on. And we can return to that original form by which we were created. And the devil is not going to keep us laying in lack, laying in defeat, not walking in the fullness of our calling and winning the battles that God has called us to win. Why? Because we're king's kids, man. We're king's kids. Like I said, Jesus didn't die on that cross for no reason. He died on that cross so we could take those keys of authority that he handed us And we can go and fight the battle that God has called us to fight. So as I close this morning, I want you to stand with me. Let's just stand together. If you're listening by podcast to this message or by live stream, you may be driving down the road right now. I don't know. This message, it could be a year after I preached it. And you're in your car listening right now. Here's the great thing about God. God works outside of time. The Holy Spirit is everywhere all the time. And God can meet you right now in this moment at your point of need. So here's what I want to do. There are some people in this room, this message was for you. I mean, it was tailor-made for you. I've prayed over this. I've soaked this in prayer. I've asked God to use my words to bring encouragement to some people in this room. And if that's you, I'm just asking you, just as a sign of faith, just extend your hand because I want to pray over you as I close my message. And I want to give everybody an opportunity to get involved in this. So if that's you, just lift your hand. Just hold it up. Just hold it up because I want to see them. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, if there's a person by you, around you, lay your hands on them. Let's just minister faith. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we just lift our hands in faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things we don't see yet. So we stand by faith right now in the name of Jesus, and God, we declare your word over our situation. God, I pray that you strengthen weak knees. God, I pray that you bring strength to weary arms. God, that you bring new resilience and resolve to your people. Fresh grace, God, fresh power, fresh anointing to these people that have their hands up. God, I loose the power of your Holy Spirit right now into their situation. Come on, come on church, right now in the name of Jesus, we loose the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We bind the devil, we rebuke the enemy, we take authority over the lies of Satan in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names. We loose your power over our family, over our children, over our lives, over our church, over our community, God, over our country. We loose your power and your authority right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we declare that we are victorious. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you for each one of these people, and I just pray, God, that this word will infuse them, that it will empower them, it will enable them, and it will equip them to fight the good fight of faith that you have called them to fight. And, Lord, we stand on your word. We stand in your word. We trust in you. We put our confidence in you. We put our hope in you. We put our faith in you, not in our circumstances, not in any human being, not in any person. And God, we refuse to look at the circumstances. We put our eyes on you. We're not going to look at that storm. We're going to put our eyes on you. And we're going to declare everything that your word says over our situation. And God, we will hold on until we get the victory. We will not quit. We will not give in. devil, we are serving you notice. Greater is he that is in us than you that are in this world. And we are conquerors through Christ. We have the victory. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the CMC Podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.